29, almost 30 minutes after 11 o'clock. My pleasure to welcome back to the show Richard A. Berry, Bears Garden Center, who has brought in with him um, a bunch of sticks. No, it's one stick. In fact, it looks like a rose. It is. Well, it is. Uh, a, it it a doesn't tree. look very pretty, though, does it? It's a rose by any other name. Still has thorns. <laughs> from right. what I'm looking at, it does. It does. And the roses. And so, what Jeff is looking at here is just a uh, uh, the canes, which are the stems of the roses, and then the roots. There's no yeah. soil. There's nothing. And that's how we get. Our roses uh, in January. How long can it survive in well, that state? If, if you take care properly, a, a good week, maybe two. You yeah. just got to make sure it's not just, you can't set this in the sun. We have them wrapped in plastic in a box, and we keep the humidity in there. And they'll last. We'll have this potted uh, by Saturday. So, okay. And then, uh, so, uh, but but you could do it two weeks. What's going to start happening is, and you can kind of see it right now, Jeff, it's on this cane. You see that sprout? Mm-hmm. It's going to really start sprouting. But, the reason I brought it in is that for, the main reason is is because now's the time to cut back your roses, okay? Especially gotcha. the hybrid teas, the long stem cut flower roses, and uh, obviously if you have them planted, you would not uh, you would not uh, root prune them. But I'm going to take this and I'm going to root prune it. <gasps> what I'm showing Jeff is I'm just cutting it, so all the roots are basically uh, easy to put in a pot and okay. roughly the same. And so these were too long, so I just uh, snipped them. And so it's really not a lot of root pruning. Uh, you know, I might have, you know, 50 roots in here and I've cut two of them, you know, and that's kind of it. Yeah. But the main thing is if this was planted in the ground, Jeff, and uh, Jeff is now looking at the, uh, at the, the top of the, uh, the upper part of the rose, you have a graft. If it's a good rose, it will be grafted. And the purpose there is? Is you're getting, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're getting a good root stock with, with strong root system. With whatever color rose you want, okay. And uh, I don't. This one's called Honor, which is a white rose, and so you're getting the best of both worlds. So all the, you know, this is Honor. I might have Queen Elizabeth, which is a pink rose. I might have uh, Chrysler Imperial, which is a red rose. You know, double the light, and you just all these roses are grafted onto this the same type of rootstock. But what you want to do if you have one that's existing in the ground, now's a great time to really cut it back, and you really want to try to. Eliminate any bad canes and stick with the good canes and have this thing, uh, instead of growing inward into itself, growing outwards. And I'm just going to basically take it. You want, you want a really good pair of hand pruners, too. Okay. So you're talking about like the one that's going this way? Well, you can see that, yeah, I have uh, what I'm showing Jeff here is that you have some canes that are growing away from the center. And you want to leave those, especially if it's a green cane, and the bigger the cane, the better. What's on that? Are those all canes or are some of those branches? All of the canes. Okay. So, so what I'm going to do is at an angle, I'm going to take all this center stuff out, Jeff, and I'm going to pop it like this. And, it's, and it almost looks like, man, what the heck is this clown doing? Like he really hates that rose. And I'm going to click it. I got roses, uh, canes flying everywhere. And uh, I, I could, if I had another cane growing in here, I think I'm going to take this one out. And really, if you had three major cuts, I mean, uh, left. And left would be fine. And I, I have uh, two, four, I have five. But yeah, I think I'm going to leave it because they're growing. I could probably take this one out if I wanted to. But, but they're probably not going to interfere with each other. Is that, that, that the that's idea? Kind of, that's kind of the idea. So now that you got, instead of having... 
eight cane sprouting, I've reduced it to four. And you could reduce it to three if you could. And you want, again, the ones that are the healthiest, the biggest, and kind of growing out. And now what you got to do is you got to try to figure out uh, where the bud, you want a bud that is sprouting, again, away from the interior of the plant. So on a, on a cane, you might have three or four buds that are going to sprout. If I had a bud up here at the top that was sprouting inward, I would cut it off. And this one is really not sprouting inward. And so I'm going to make a cut right above this sprouting bud at an angle. I'm not going to do a good job, but uh, that's kind of what you want to do. Mm-hmm. So that sprout is going to sprout away. So I have no sprouts growing on the inside. I'm going to do this with the rest of them. The problem, Jeff, is I really can't tell where the buds are. So what we do is we're going to pot all these, and uh, and then probably, and if it stays relatively warm and mild, they're going to start sprouting all over. And then we're going to come back and actually make all these cuts at angles about about an eighth to a quarter inch above the bud that's sprouting, that's sprouting away from the interior of the plant, and leave them like that. Okay. So you might end up having all of these maybe six or eight inches, these canes six or eight inches long, with all the upper buds sprouting away from, uh, from the interior of the plant. And the reason that is is because simply is that, you know, uh, tea roses need good airflow. They can be... They can have disease issues, so you want to make sure that the it's 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 not congested with leaves in the interior, and they're sprouting away from each other, giving a healthier, more vigorous plant that is not going to give us have as much disease issues. And it seems complicated, and it's really not. You you, you just have to kind of be aware that now's the time to clean these plants up, get rid of the small canes, so you just have. Two, uh, three or four major canes that are healthy and green and clean it up. If you are pruning a cane like this one is maybe about a half inch in diameter, you can actually, after I would prune this, uh, I would, uh, you could take Elmer's glue and you just put it on a uh, seal it so that no pathogens or bacteria get in those cuts. A good, clean, um, uh, um, hand pruners is important because you don't want to crush. You, you don't want right. to go in here and crush these canes. You want to actually cut them. Uh, not a bad idea, especially if you have roses that are existing that have been in the ground a long time. That maybe as you start to cut these canes, you're getting some diseased canes. To have maybe a ten percent solution of water and Clorox, and you just dip these these pr- hand pruners in there, and, and as you are cutting, so you don't transport any disease from one plant or one cane to the other. Uh, the reason you're trying to do it now is that you don't want to uh, you don't want these things to start sprouting too too much. Now, if they start to sprout, it's actually good. You can see whether you you want to make your cut, but you don't want to you don't want to wait till let's say it stays warm in three or four weeks. These things, if it stays relatively mild, they may be twelve. The uh, the sprouts may be twelve inches long. So now you're going to now you're going and cutting back those sprouts after they are have gotten that long. Exciting out there. Huh? I was going to say, if you cut them too low, the cops come cops after come you. Cops come after you, so you got to be very careful. You got to be very careful. So basically, uh, it, it's something that you want to do now. You got to, you know, they, they as a rule of thumb, they'll say the middle of February. It can be earlier because if it was like last year, it was a mild January, very warm. So they started sprouting early. You want at, at that point, you want to you should have had them cut by now. Right now, it's been a relatively 
cool January. And so it's just starting to warm up a little bit. So things are just starting to sprout. So there's no rush. But I'd say within the next two weeks, you want, you want to have that done. After you've pruned them and cleaned them up, you want to go ahead and fertilize them. Um, if you're just initially planting them and you, you got yours bare roots, you'd actually spread these roots out so they're kind of growing out, and you'd plant it. Where's the best place to uh, plant a rose? In general, a lot of sun. More sun, the better. Good airflow. You don't want to. You don't want to jam. You want to space them out properly too. So good airflow. Spacing about three feet apart. No closer than that. They're going to look like Jeff. You can imagine them. This little plant that Jeff's looking at. I don't know. The spread may be eight inches. So if you put these three feet apart, they look lost. You yeah, know. Yeah. But in reality, is they will fill that three foot three feet up very rapidly. So uh, allow this plant to do what it has to do. And and uh, so a lot of sun. Uh, proper spacing and the most important thing is good drainage uh, you don't want to put them uh, when it comes to these tea roses directly in the ground you need at least eight inches and and uh, preferably 12 inches would be ideal um, especially uh, down in this neck of the woods where our soils are so high in clay and we can get a lot of water at one time you know people say oh man like last summer was dry i'd want them in the ground now the problem with that is is that when we do get rain we get rain right and so it rains all at one time and so you know it needs it needs to drain properly and you know a good soil mix when it comes to tea roses or basically an, an even mixture of sand uh compost and preferably vermiculite would be ideal vermiculite is a vermiculite is a uh it's a uh, uh, inert. It doesn't break down. It it, it helps improves air uh, uh, air circulation in the soil. Doesn't pack and uh, just does really well. It can be a little expensive, but it stays there forever. And so uh, it's it's very very good. Just just the, the main thing is a, a saw that's going to drain very well. And then you can mulch it. Uh, one unique thing, not necessarily unique, but one thing you want to know about roses is they do like alkaline soils, which means you want to add lime every now and then, and preferably the granulated lime, not the white powder. Can lime. you overdo it? Yes, you can. Uh, you, you know, always, as we always say, Jeff, you know, soil tests are probably the, the smartest way to go when it comes to trying to, to regulate pH. So, yes, you can't overdo it, but if you're starting with a new soil, I would, I would not hesitate to add granulated lime at that point. If you are in the ground, you've never added lime, I've never added lime, I would definitely add it uh, for roses, and, and that will help. They need a pH of about 6.5, and so our soils are normally more acid, maybe 5.5, five, which doesn't seem like a big uh, uh, difference, but it is a big difference. And so, you know. So, so if you've never added it, I would not hesitate to add it, and uh, it will help. Remember, when it comes to roses, we talked about a good pair of prunes is important, but also get ready to uh, to spray them. And we talk about hybrid tea roses, and uh, um, y- you know, the, is that the, after pruning or any time? Pretty much, what we'll do when we finish planting uh, all our plants in about another week or two, we're going to come back and go prune them. As soon as I've seen enough sprouts, we're going to go in there and prune them. And then we're going to spray them immediately because I'm not going to put glue on all those cuts. So I want to, I want to seal it, uh, mm, uh with, with, the, with the chemical that kind of gets into the canes and that'll protect those canes. And then once a three to four weeks, depending on weather conditions, we will spray these roses, uh, during the growing season. And hopefully we, we're out of roses by the end of April. Once they start blooming, Jeff, they're absolutely spectacular. And that's when they'll start flying out. You know, the, 
the the rose enthusiasts kind of know what they want. They come in action for certain varieties, and uh, they'll buy them at this stage, Jeff, because they know it's the best way to buy them. But most people, you know, are just they'll see roses blooming, and they'll and they will uh, they'll come in when they're in bud or blooming. They got spectacular colors, and you know, reds, whites, blues, uh, lavenders, a lot of different colors that kind of people look for. Remember this. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't, people don't do as much as this as they used to years ago, Jeff. Young people are much, much busier today. Most people are working. And uh, so, but don't forget, you can do this in containers. You don't have to create these beds. Containers is basically a raised bed. Uh, so if you have a container that's at least, I, I would say, uh, uh, 18 inches in diameter. Okay. Uh, then you could put one rose in there and, and, and you put the proper soil with a little lime and a little bit of fertilizer. Then you're ready to go. And uh, so you basically fundamentally have a raised bed in the container. And uh, that, will, that allows you to locate that that container uh, where it needs to go. One thing ab- about roses, Jeff, is that, you know, when they look good, they look really good. And obviously, if you go onto these and you cut this bag, it's not going to look really good. Yeah. So a lot of people will use the, the uh, put the roses in an area that has all the requirements they need, but not necessarily the focal point of the, of the yard because there are many times they don't look that great. When they look good, they look really good. But when they look, when they don't look good, they look really bad. So, and they use them as cut flowers. So they'll cut right, these roses right. and bring them to neighbors, bring them to friends, or use a cut flower in the house itself. And that's really the, the um, you know, how the, the roses are utilized. But containers are, are really good, really simple. If you've never done roses before, that's a great way to get a start with one or two or three roses. Have that. You know, you can have three different colors, and, and uh, you're not spending a lot of dollars involved into it. And you're not taking any space in the yard or anything like that. So uh, easy to do and, and good. The only other thing I'd mention is that after you've cut your roses back, you want to make sure that you fertilize them with a good uh, balanced fertilizer that does well. So all these roses I've basically talked about are what they call hybrid tea roses or grandiflores. There's also climbers. Uh, you don't want to do everything I just said, Jeff. In terms of climbers, forget it. Don't do that. Uh, all you're doing with climbers is kind of shaping them and cutting back any diseased woods, but you're not cutting it back to 12 inches. You can pretty much leave it, and you're shaping them, and you're not doing anything with that. There are also uh, ones called floor bunners, which will stay really, really short, uh, and they do require this kind of pruning. And then, of course, there's the knockout and the drift roses, which has taken over the market, and we always talk about those. That's the ones you pretty much see at a lot of commercial establishments, and you'll see in a lot of – uh, as part of the landscape, and uh, those are very hardy, much much uh, less maintenance when it comes to care, how much spraying you have to do. Um, uh, it would be a good idea to prune them, uh, but you don't have to, but it does keep a better, a fuller plant uh, that's not as woody uh, if you do prune them back, and so that's all good. You know, the, the final result, the difference between a knockout and a drift and a fundamental level and a tea rose is that the tea rose is going to be a much bigger flower. It's going to be a long stem, and it's like the kind you buy in a uh, in the florist. Whereas the knockouts and the drifts are really not long stem at all. So the show is really going to be on the bush with a much smaller flower. So it's more of a landscape type flower. So you're enjoying that bush. Uh, the flowers on the bush, whereas with the tea roses, you're actually cut flowering and you're enjoying those in, in a vase or however you want to do it. So uh, it's 
really they're both roses but they're utilized in completely uh different ways and 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 uh just know that the knockouts and the drift are easier but you're not going to have that these big large flowers that uh that do well okay all right let's shift a little bit to the lawns uh jeff people are starting to spray a little bit on the lawns. you know it's amazing how you know when it comes to you know, from a retailer standpoint, when this comes to when does spring start, and you know, spring starts when the sun shines and the temperature gets right. And mm-hmm. so, lo and behold, the last two days we're finally seeing a difference as opposed to where it was before. January is, is one of our slowest months of the year, so it's normal. But boy, sun just makes a difference. Yeah, yeah. sunshine and which way is the wind blowing? It's true. It, it is. I mean, I can tell you, even in the spring, on one on a single day. You know, you get you get three hours of overcast. It shuts it down. That sun peaks out ten minutes, and it fills up. It's just amazing. Uh, you know, that's how people work, and uh, it's very normal. And you know, and, and so hopefully we'll get some. Uh, but February can be a very very warm and sunny month. Hopefully that that kind of pans out. When it comes to the lawns, again, we talked about it last week, but pre-emergence, uh, you want to spray that now before these weeds start coming up. Last year, we did not have much of a chance because January is so warm, but at this point, the weeds were huge and big, and right now, they're not. So, if you want to, now's the time to go ahead and spray to prevent a lot of these weeds from coming up, and it's well worth the effort to do that. You can still uh, post-emerge, meaning spot spray here and there for the weeds that are existing. But if you're going to do one or the other, do the pre-emergent because you'll have time later to do the post-emergent spraying. But do the pre-emergent, which means you're going to spray the whole lawn to prevent a lot of these bad bad weeds from coming up. And the big one people are trying to prevent now is one called burrweed, which is the one that makes these little uh, um, uh, scabby uh, things that stick. Or stick they call it sticker weed. Okay, and yeah. it'll stick to your socks and the kids can't walk. Dogs have a problem with it. And the problem with that weed is that if you if you let it get big and grow and it makes these little burrs on it, uh, you can spray it, but the burrs are still there. And <laughs> so, uh, in a way, it makes it worse. So, you want to try to prevent them before they start flowering, flowering and making the burr and, and, uh, and do that. So, you want, to do, you want to make sure that gets done if you can't do no weed and feeds as of uh, now for sure. Uh, planting trees. A lot of people are coming in right now, Jeff, uh, you know, wanting to plant fruit trees or oak trees. It's a great time to put in the ground. You ain't got to worry about cold. Put them in the ground. The fruit trees I'm talking about like pears, apple, peaches, plums, uh, those kind. When it comes to citrus, I still say it's a great time to plant them. If for some reason we would get an Arctic front, you may have to pop them out of the ground, but the odds are in our favor at this point. I don't see anything in two weeks saying an Arctic front is coming. I'm not talking about 28, 29 degrees. I'm talking about, you know, 25 and below uh, i don't see that so if in two weeks by the middle of february we're okay then 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 the odds really become in our favor so yeah you can do that when it comes to vegetables jeff again now's the time to prepare a lot of people uh still have uh some of that fall crop in the in the winter crop like beets carrots cabbage and all that uh let that ride out but if you have some empty spots you know, take advantage of the sun we get, and that is so true in the month of February, is, uh, you know, try not to procrastinate and, and try to make sure that 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 when the sun shines and that ground's, uh, you know, dry enough to do something with it, you really can do a lot with your dirt. Uh, you know, you can add a lot of organic matter, compost. You can really get the soil prepared. 
And you really want to do everything except fertilize. So you don't want to do any fertilization, but you can do the fertilization at the time of planting because sometimes we just don't get a second shot. And that's true with seed potatoes. We'll talk a little bit about, you know, the Irish potatoes next week. But, um, you know, not, now's the time to start cutting them. But more importantly, now's the time to get that saw ready to plant those potatoes. And they'll start planting those now to about the middle or end of February. Um, but the saw prep is important because, you know, if you get your one shot – and you don't do it and it starts raining, it may not quit raining until March. You know, who knows what will happen. It's happened both ways mm-hmm. where it's not that it, it doesn't stop raining. It just said it, the ground gets wet. And so he said, well, i got to wait three, four, five, or six days. And then sure, on the fourth day, it rains again. And so it's just not hot enough to dry it out fast. We don't get as much sun uh, as we do in uh, March and April to dry it out fast. So you got to, when you get an opportunity to to get in there and shovel it, till it, whatever, you want to get it done um, to make it happen. So I I tell you what, I hate to do what I just did. I looked at the Weather Channel's monthly forecast, and it looks too good. Okay. I mean, it looks really nice right now. Okay. Not not much below 50 uh, beginning next week. I'm going with that. Then I love the Weather Channel, if that's the case. Again, I, I hate to look that far ahead. Right, right. So we'll see, but uh, you know, you know, the, the kind of the rule of thumb. See all that sunshine in there. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, you know, Mardi Gras early this year, Jeff, and that kind of, you know, flows with the with the weather. Usually, uh, that means we'll have an early spring. Well, we'll see if it's right uh, this year because it's it's uh, Mardi Gras is very early this year. So uh, uh, I hope that translates to an early spring. We're still getting ready. Uh, at the nursery, and uh, it will hopefully. be an earlier Easter. I'll predict that much. Yeah, that much. That much. Uh, I'll go with that. <laughs> I'll put some money on that one. Um, so we'll, I'm grateful that um, um, that January could have been a lot worse, but basically, I think we everybody wrote it out pretty good. Any? Are you still getting people asking about uh, the burnt back stuff from the freeze that we did have? Yeah, uh, the big one is uh, is hibiscus. You know, a lot of people call and say, "What do I do with my hibiscus?" And it's kind of what we talked about, Jeff. You really don't want to do a lot with it. Uh, you don't want to do a major cutback. Although we're getting close. Uh, in other words, if in by the middle of February the the forecast is like you just said, relatively mild, cut them back because you don't want things to start to sprout back on you. Uh, and, and so I think the temperature, the mild temperatures, it hasn't been really really warm, has really helped things out. And uh, so we'll know when it comes to the citrus and all that, pretty much the same thing, Jeff. Just kind of hang in there. And, you know, anything that's decaying and rotting, the lily niles, daylilies, anything that's just that's obvious, it's turning to muck. Yeah, you need to get rid of that. But anything woody that uh, that is not decaying, uh, I, you, you want to definitely leave that alone and not sprout it. Remember, as soon as you start cutting things back, it's going to, Mother Nature wants them to re-sprout. So the danger is if you cut your hibiscus back and it starts to re-sprout and we get another Arctic front, it's going to do a lot more damage to that bush than if you just left it alone. So uh, as of now, according to your weather predictions, Jeff, it's spring is here. It looks like it. And uh, so we're ready to go. <laughs> Actually, someone called this morning wanted to see if we had tomato plants, which is good. Because uh, that means people are getting excited, and, and it's going to be it's a change in mentality. And um, the uh, you know I, I, the answer is always 
Our goal is the middle of February, give or take a week. So if by end of next week, weather looks right, we'll start to bring in. Not a lot, but we'll bring them in because people do plant them in containers. And that's what they're trying to do. They're saying, look, yeah. I'm just planting four or five tomatoes. If it gets really cold, I'll bring it in. And so some things you can do that with. And a tomato is one that actually doesn't mind the cool temperatures. It doesn't mind. It'll actually grow and root and do fine. Whereas something like a cucumber does not like it. So not only do they not grow, but it just takes a little north wind to mess them up. Um, so you don't want to really try to get an early start. And they grow fast, too. But tomatoes is one. It, it's, it's advantageous to get an early start because uh, uh, they'll flower early, and then they will, uh, they will produce fruit. They will set the fruit early before the temperatures get warm. And remember last year, by the middle of May, it was hot. Mm-hmm. And so that affects flowering and everything else. So if you can start to get your tomatoes to start flowering middle of April, end of April, you, and set those fruit, you're going to fare much better if it gets hot hot too early. And, uh, and Jeff, I'll just give you an example. In, in my fall tomatoes, I planted my fall tomatoes about the middle of August, which was hot, right? But I was able to keep them watered. You think? Yeah, I was able to keep them watered. They did fantastic. I had, I guess... Come and I actually did a little said to my relatives. I said, uh, "It's the first time in my life I'm harvesting tomatoes for Christmas Day." And we were. We I must have had fifty uh, beautiful tomatoes on this on these two plants. But a week later, I think it was a week later. There's nothing I could do. Uh, they were in, they were in the ground, so there's nothing I could do. So what I did was I harvested about fifty tomatoes, and sure enough, I'm still eating tomatoes. They just they turn in red at different stages, but I'm almost to the end. Uh, so you can still, even though they were, they were green, not, no signs of uh, red, as long as they have that little brownie at the top, they will ripen uh, naturally. So, uh, so I guess my point is is that I was eating homegrown tomatoes till right now. You know, mm-hmm. we still have a few left. So anyway, um, um, and, but if you had it in a container, you could have protected that, rolled it inside or rolled it. Uh, you'd have to roll that one. It'd have to have some heat. You couldn't have just put it against a building. It would it would have froze. Yeah. Uh, tomato plant would have, and and you'd have made it. So, early start in the spring, in the summertime, don't hesitate to plant them uh, middle and end of August, and um, and uh, you can have pretty much tomatoes almost ten months out of the year. Looking at these crepe myrtles outside, uh, am I seeing what looks like buds? Wow. Are they start I, I, again? I'm not. Sure, what I'm looking at there, uh, especially on the fringes. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. Jeff. Okay, I mean, it's, what am it's, I looking at then? I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go look. Dead at leaves it. Uh, could be, or maybe the little flower buds. I don't know. Okay, uh, the little um, they make a little seed. Is what they do, and uh, that's the little seed that's left over. It's usually a little capsule, but I can't tell you. That that's probably what it is then. And uh, so yeah, it's way too early for uh, crepe myrtles. Okay. Um, and so hopefully, um, but that would be a great sign. That's a that's a good sign. All you know, all the old people, Jeff, used to say, you know, um, I know when spring he, spring is here, when the pecans bud. That's when you know, and that's true. And the reason, but it's amazing how uh, you know before we have weather prediction all that. The reason is is the pecan tree is one of the latest ones to sprout. So if you know, if the pecan is sprouting, you are pretty assured that. Your chances of a freeze are going to be much later. However, that's changing a little bit because the temperatures have sometimes in the winter been exceptionally warm. And I've seen a, a, a pecan tree uh, bloom out or bud out much earlier than it would normally do because it was tricked, basically. But it's a good 
because it will it'll, it will be one of the latest ones to uh, to sprout, and uh, so that just gives uh, you know a, a very very good indicator of whether or not the danger of cold weather is coming. Gotcha. Anything else you want to add before we let you go? That's it, Jeff. Always a pleasure, Richard. We'll look forward to the next time. Thank you.